friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, October magic, Halloween magic, horror mega marathon, infinite abyss magic. Welcome back to the show, guys. We are plowing our way through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise here to start the October mega marathon. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for being here. I'm Josh Griffey. That's my co-host and friend with a cybernetic uh, leg over there. Alex Dandino. All right, all right, all right. Alex Dandino. <laughs> uh, guys, before we dive back into the Mega Marathon, a little business, you know what I'm about to say. If you uh, want every episode this month, you got to go to Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. Not only is it the best way to help out your pals Alex and I, it helps you get authorship of the show itself, right? Choosing movies you want in our huge Patreon exclusive library. Mini series you want to hear. Things you want. You want to suggest things for us to talk about, right? The two uh, bonus movies in the commentary will be things picked by the patrons this month. Mm. So it's nice. Uh, some nice bonus over there for you. We work very hard to make that awesome. If you could be so kind, patreon.com slash Pod. Why would you go 28 days with us and not get the other three? Just get the other three, guys. You know you won't sit. Five bucks a month, you get uh, every episode this month. That's all we're asking. Help us out. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, filmalchemist. We're on all the socials. Hit us up. Reach on out. Chat us up. Also, make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews everywhere you find podcasts. And more specifically this month, direct message a friend, right? Text a friend. Let them know what we're up to. Send him a movie, a horror movie, any other of the 500 episodes we got, whatever. Let them know what we're doing, and we'll take it from there. All right. We finally hit it. We've hit what some would say is the bottom of the Texas Chainsaw Barrel. I don't know if I'm willing to say that. Today, we are at Texas Chainsaw, the fourth installment. Mm-hmm. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, colon, the next generation. The next generation. It had a different title. I think it was The Return of Some... Anyways, I believe on Letterboxd, it's like uh, Return to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or some that shit. That could be. It, it is more commonly known to us as The Next Generation. Um, This one... You'll hear it compared a lot to Halloween 5, right? Where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're like, let's add these big mythological swings mm-hmm. that never really come to fruition anywhere. Right, right. Um, it's most famous, this one, for having a very young, fresh out of college Matthew McConaughey and being Renee Zellweger's first movie. So two bona fide A-list actors coming into this movie and doing wonderful yeah. work, right? Two Oscar um, winners. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that they just popped up in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is... An unusual version of Leatherface that we hadn't quite seen yet. An introduction of an actor as Leatherface. The thing that's hard about this Leatherface is he's running around like Divine from Pink Flamingos. As if they want to say something about this one. They're kind of sexualizing Leatherface a lot in this one. Like they want to say something about that that concept of the mask, right? Of him putting on other flesh and his, you know not sure of his identity and you're like yeah hell yeah i'll go do that journey with you yeah and they just never seem to use it other than like to mock leatherface and belittle him a little bit yeah right because he kind of starts off as just like camo sweatpants he looks like you know he, mankind. he looks like mankind yeah like yeah. he looks and, like mankind or like the yeah. grindcore reviewer for pitchfork 
in, right. in relation to what we talked about yesterday. Uh, you know, he's just constantly yeah. wailing and screaming. It's like obnoxious to the point of, of vomiting. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just like it becomes a joke that he's dressed in like ladies' nightwear instead of like saying something. So it's it's bizarre. The the word you would use for this movie, right? If there there's an adjective to describe this installment, it's abrasive. <laughs> that's that's the kindest word I can put on it. I do. There is some things I really like in this movie, but this one takes that you know part two kind of aesthetic of. Characters that are so obnoxious, you you feel chained to your couch and want to run away from the movie. This one kind of takes out the Looney Tunes-ness of Texas Chainsaw 2 and just makes it more assaulty. And it's like, oh, okay, that's an interesting choice. Uh, it's, it's a fucking bizarre entry into the franchise. And again, after Leatherface Part 3 had done a lot of work to kind of re- <laughs> You know, sure up the foundations of what the franchise could have been moving forward. We get yet another Looney Tunes sequel. <laughs> but this one is more like Looney Tunes as presented by Eli Roth. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Eli Roth would be like, you know, a I'm little cool torture porny. Again, a little Rob Zombie masturbatorium. It's uh, Alex opening thoughts on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The next generation. It's a strange thing when you watch a movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you're laughing for most of it. Like, in my opinion, you shouldn't be laughing. Essentially, no chainsawing in this one. Yeah, there's not a lot of chainsawing. There's, like, pretty minimal gore and blood. Like, I, I mean, they, but, you know, it, okay. If I'm sitting in the debate with Kim Hinkle and he's like, you know, I had some other ideas, too. And I start seeing some of the things that were the big swings that were made in this movie. Be like, huh. Mm -hmm. Is that? Is that the direction you want to take this? This is that's 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 the movie, huh? That's what that's what we're doing. Yeah, R uh, run it through right. the franchise test, right? Is it giving us what we've always loved and craved from the series? Mm. Is it adding new and interesting facts to help us kind of expand and recontextualize the franchise on whole? Right. I feel like the second one, you're like maybe in the wildest version of that sentiment. Right. The first one, I don't think you're arguing this is giving us what we want from the franchise. <laughs> I feel like I feel like here's like to me this movie answers only the like so those questions are very good. <laughs> this movie That's only That's how you judge franchises to me, yeah. This movie only answers the first half of both of those questions and like mm. ignores the back half, which is like is it new adding new? Oh yeah, absolutely. I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished with my question. Hang on. And that's it adds a bunch of new shit. Yeah. No doubt about it. Like like that giant. My, that was like yeah. my that's my thing is like yeah. again, it's like oh, yeah, yeah, we did giant all that. Giant backhoe scoops of new stuff. I wasn't, but... I wasn't finished with my question. So what? hang on. Yeah. Hang wait, on. Wait. 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 Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> Your brain's oh, yeah, gonna need it. oxygen to explain. That's actually this. a great yeah. way to put it. It is like talking to my. It's talking to my four-year-old and asking a question, and the answer is yes. It's like, uh, hang on, hang on. I, I, <laughs> hang on. You're four. I need you to think this through. Yeah. Widen your gaze a little bit here, pal. Like I got you. Got to say it in a full sentence. Like my kid's speech delayed, so it's really like sometimes like yes. You're just supposed to get very quick answers. I'm like, hang on, hang on. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. And that's exactly how I feel when I'm watching the next generation Texas Chainsaw Massacre is yeah. hang on. 
Listen to my That's, question. Yes. It's kind to put this in the, uh, this is a yes and exercise run amok. <laughs> That's a way, right? We do this kind of Vincent Price voiceover. Uh, you know, it's been five long years. Close up on the red lips. Right, it's like, yeah, this movie's about. Yeah, I was like, flesh oh trade. shit, that's kind of hot. All right, cool. Yeah, flesh trade, right? This is the kind of flesh we like. Oh, teenagers, nah, not as much. Prom, like, oh, teenagers, '90s prom with like weird <laughs> alternatives. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, great! All There's right. like random guys without like prom suits, and some guy who's let's making out with another part, chick. Let's just get this part out of the way quick. The first thirty minutes plus of this movie. Nothing. Yeah. Right? It's a prom date run amok. The only thing we get is for some reason this guy's cheating and this alpha douche gets in the car. Yeah. And you're just like, this guy's and they dry And for some reason, because they're like mad that he's cheating, which seems like he would do all the time. They're like, let's just drive to the woods for no reason. He never stops the car. And we do. He has a series of lines that are almost. It's. They're it's so like, douchey that it's hilarious. Because what is it? He's saying. Uh, you know, guys need sex or they'll get prostate guys cancer. Guys need sex or they'll get prostate yeah. cancer. <laughs> Renee Zellweger pops up in the back with her boyfriend. They were making out in his car, which is funny. Yeah. And then she goes, that's not true. And he goes, you've never had a date in your life, you ugly bum, or whatever he says <laughs> Yeah, to like, I mean, it's And then just... later, she says something else, and he goes, what's with that dress? You afraid someone might accidentally notice you have tits? <laughs> and I was like. All right, at least this guy's giving me something. Yeah. Because the rest of it is a fucking nothing. Then they're like, let's just add car crash, car crash, car crash. Well, like, so he gets caught cheating on his on his right. girlfriend, who I'm presuming is the right. hottest girl. Yeah, in we school. don't have to explain it a bunch. It's it's a nothing. My favorite though is he's he gets caught cheating, and yet he has the he has the audacity to deflect, be like, I know what you guys are doing in my back seat, getting high. I should call yeah. the cops. I'm like, oh, cool, nice narc. All right, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, it's like, well, how about I call the cops about how you used to feel all the girls' tits saying it was a <laughs> breast exam because your dad's a doctor. I was like, oh, man. Oh, my but, God. Uh, it's like watching yeah, an after-school it's, special. Yeah, it's literally nothing in this movie matters until they f- meet the real tour lady. And even then, she's essentially just doing this joke, right? Like She's, like, constantly doing uh, this joke about her tits. Like, yeah, everyone nonstop. wants to see your tits. She's like, these tits are phony as a $3 bill. And then she flashes kids that throw rocks through a window. And you're like, you're immediately like, all right, this is wrong. Like, why is this office open right now? Like, you you know what's coming. I was when she sends the tow truck out because this is classic Sawyer. Because let's kind. I'm trying to take this in a couple ways and actually structure. My thought in that moment was actually like, huh? Why are we seeing boobs in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie without any duress? I don't understand. They're not tragedy boobs. They're nice. There's not. There's no tragedy tits. It's kind of disappointing. Like I was just like. I don't want to see no. tits for fun in this movie. I, I want to see fun tits, right? Like, the I movie's mean, like, hey, we haven't started making a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie yet, so we'll give you a little taste. I mean, we'll I little... like seeing fun tits yeah. in life. It's one of those things that's not what I expect in a Texas Chainsaw yeah. movie. Like, I'm not mad if I go to a five-star restaurant to eat fucking snail afterbirth that's, you know, the size of my thumbnail for 100 bucks, and they're like, hey, but before we start that, we have a fucking bowl of mini corn dogs for you. And you're like, God, thank you. Yes. Very cool. Uh, thank you. That's what the tits are in this movie. <laughs> There's a, a mini corn dogs before the fucking overpriced fake, fake food. Yeah. yeah before yeah. we start the menu, right? <laughs> Here's some mini corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so weird. But yeah, so we know she's in on it. She calls Vilmer. This is where the movie kind of starts in earnest. Matthew McConaughey is the tow truck driver from hell. 
with a cybernetic pool noodle leg where he uses random TV and various electronical remotes you would recognize from a childhood in the 90s, right? VHS, that kind of stuff. Um, to control said cybernetic leg. He snaps this guy's neck who they had hit in a car accident <laughs> yeah. and maybe almost killed on their own. We just kind of brush past that. Yeah. And then he starts tormenting them with his truck. Just the guy. They leave the guy. They, they left the guy behind to like the dude didn't want to leave the nearly dead kid. Yes. And here's what I'll say. If this movie has a a reason to watch right renee zellweger is very good in this movie yeah she's fine mcconaughey this was like an early like oh you can see how fucking insane this guy's willing to get yeah in pursuit of a character i don't think vilmer is a great character or a fleshed out character made from you know choices and introspection <laughs> will wilmer or vilmer whatever the fuck is vilmer. vilmer is a hard-on of a teenager who took Viagra he thought he needed help. Mm-hmm. And it's literally about to explode like a water balloon energy. That's the performance in this movie. Yeah. And while so repulsive at times, there is a train wreck quality to Vilmer where you're like, it is hard for me to not rewrite this performance based on the McConaughey of today and be like, oh, look at him. And then he does something like, oh, look, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, McConaughey's thing in this is like, if let's say this is the let's say this is the era where the original recipe for Four Locos was created, it's like the human oh, yeah. embodiment of that. Well, just imagine you're you're one of your first movies, you're in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And you just fucking push Leatherface to the background. It's like, sorry, one of the most like, iconic horror super monsters Super unimportant ever. character. Like, Leatherface, you could pull out of this movie and not a fucking bit of it shit. You don't have to rewrite any part of the story. Yeah. You can just remove Leatherface from... And I would say that inherently in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a red flag. You could take him out and rename the movie, like, Texas is Weird or something like that <laughs> and pretty much have the same movie. Just say, this is exactly Texas. That's the name. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you all exactly think Texas have is. Have you been to Texas? Here it is. The movie. <laughs> yeah. Not rated. <laughs> Come at your own risk, just like the real Texas. No. <laughs> Shots fired, Lone Star State. But, yeah, it's just. All right, so let's kind of break this apart bit by bit. Sure. So what did you think of Vilmer as kind of our main bad guy in the movie? There's a lot of hitting. There's a lot of hitting women. There's a lot of kind of near sexual energy. There's a lot of, like baby true detective rants about yeah. what real life is about. i'm willing to fight it out on this lot if that's what it takes all summer Woo! and you're like what does that mean I what did mean, you make of vilmer i mean it's a cool performance like it's weird i he's mean giving for, it is 110 percent. no like, doubt i think for being for being in a texas chainsaw massacre movie and it like literally not being about anything regarding chainsaws until like i don't know 15 minutes left in the movie yeah. He does a very good job of giving that sinister vibe. Like he does a very nice job of this like overall oh, yeah. overall sinister thing that like someone has to like lead the charge. He does a very nice yes. job. If you tone down the Tiny Toons adventures nature of it, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those Ooh, like Rutger Hauer in the Hitch, right? That's like a really good way to put it. If you ever watch the move uh, the Tiny Toons movie How I Spent My Summer Vacation, there's the uh segment where uh 
the Daffy Duck kid and the Porky Pig kid are like on a road trip and they pick up a hitchhiker. The hitchhiker yeah. has Vilmer vibes. Yes, that is Rutger the best. Hauer and the Hitcher. The, these that, are great like guys you don't want to come it. across on yeah. a lonely road. Thing. He's just weird, and then the cybernetic leg thing is just like a weird. I mean, it's just well, some like nineties like, affectation. You're like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, you know, it's uh, these last two have been obsessed with the like knee replacement surgeries or whatever's going on there. So. You know, I'll, I'll roll with yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of knee trauma represent. <laughs> like America, really, there was a there was a, a thick vein of psychosis about knee injuries in America. This is a Texas thing. Everyone Everyone's in the Sawyer family were those guys in high school with me that had to carry the ice water jug that was attached to their knee brace. Um, let's just start. Oh, so let's take this on real quick. The Sawyer family pretty much is not a thing anymore. Well, it's like a franchise. What they say like we were talking is about that, the last one. If I if I read this correctly, which I'm not sure I did, the mini corn dog tits yeah. is Leatherface's sister. Oh, really? And that McConaughey and the hillbilly who just says quotations. Right. Because they're like, we don't need you, blah, blah, blah. And essentially, this is no longer the Sawyer family, but this is a collective for deep state operatives like a canceled episode of the x-files yeah so like what we were talking about yesterday how there's like this big idea in three that you know maybe it's about like it's not necessarily like the sawyers are like setting up franchises they basically somehow heard this podcast in the future and that is what the return of the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre is based on. Yeah. Is this podcast. If you have access to time travel, you have to do powerful things like this, right? Yeah. You're responsible to do the important things. So conceivably, like using us to go back and alter Texas Chainsaw's history. Yes. So conceivably, what happened was they went, they went, came forward in time, listened to the podcast we are putting out now, went back, made Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And now Griffey and I can fully cement our mediocrity in pop culture uh, as the creators, uh, as the creators of this movie. Um, no, it, like it, it's interesting. If because... we're responsible for it, I want to go. I'm like funny games. I'm going to rewind this and talk about how this is a pop, a pop art magnum opus. <laughs> no, um, it's interesting because like, I'm going like, to a face oh. in the crowd us. Well, because well, I mean, the reason I'm putting together the bit is because quite frankly like the bit like the whole thing of when the whoever that fucking weirdo is that shows up and i don't want to pull the cat out of the bag just yet yeah let's pause on that but but yeah that like the idea of the deep state thing and like these like houses are everywhere i was like oh is that is that where we're going with this because that's fine like that's cool i think that's cool that's an interesting like sci-fi twist i guess but yeah i also wouldn't well, have added the leather face to it i would have just said it was something else altogether this feels exactly like i don't want to make a texas chainsaw movie let me be smarter than everyone yeah and make a different movie because this thing the sawyer family is now non-existent essentially maybe Leatherface and corn dog tits well, are by the way um the, the ones sorry the the beginning of it when it says like two, there were only like two minor incidents. Like, how many minor incidents happen in Texas that are uh, chainsaw chainsaw massacre related? Like, ah, eh, it's not a big deal. It's just minor. Yeah, Weird. it's like I'm trying to figure it out. Well, let's put it this: so, like, the Sawyer family is non-existent. You're like, all right, the Sawyers haven't really mattered a ton. Like, we could start shedding them. Like, maybe Leatherface is just outlasting these, you know. 
derelict Americans that society is moving beyond. Right? right. But Leatherface maintains the primal inner nature. All right. I'll give you that. Leatherface in this one is essentially running around, not trying to kill again. He's kind of just wailing the whole ah! Ah! to the point where I'm watching it with Amy and she's kind of watching with a furrowed brow, like, yeah, unable to process fully what is happening Amy around her. Watching this the same way, I think. Yeah, she was like, well, what? And there's the scene where Leatherface puts the, the friend in the freezer, drops the can on the freezer so she can't get out. And he just wails. No reason. Just like a whale. Right. It's his only fucking affectation is kind of cowering in fear of Vilmer or big fucking screaming. Yeah. Right. Like, ah! like one of the paid mourners in ancient Greece, like that kind of scream. Yeah. And Amy looks at me and she goes, I had no idea Leatherface was so tormented. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? The guy who wears human guys who flesh wears suits? Human flesh face is. You, yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised like, if he was a tormented soul. Right. I was like, maybe this is for that segment of him. America that's like, uh, did the mask not do it for you? Let's put a direct pin on the psychological state. My God, here. Amy, do you not love? Do you not love your fellow? She's man? a natural optimist. Jesus. She's a natural optimist. She wanted to love the Leatherface. Was rubbing his saw and stretch and jerking off on the floor. Well, He's not tormented at well, all. Well, it's like it's such a strange. I, the thing that. Honestly, the thing that was most bizarre to me about this version of Leatherface was not the it wasn't even like, oh, the changing of the faces and dressing up. And that I actually kind of love that. I thought it was very cool. The thing that I thought was most bizarre was how bad he was at being Leatherface. Yeah, we've got the freezer thing. He can't quite like keep her in that the freezer. freezer right? I was like, dude, how many then times have you done the, this? The boyfriend in he. Oh, I'll say this is like a true blue. They accidentally did a great text chainsaw scene in the middle of this, mm. which is where the the Chad's like, hey, man, I'm going to the bathroom, bro. And they walk in and there's a whole flesh bathroom. And on the back of the door is like the saggy titty suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ugh. And he's just peeing, like not quite putting it together. He turns around, he sees like a melting body in a tub. And I was like, yeah. Leatherface hits him, brings him down, right? Now we're meat hooking. Now we're doing like the classic scenes. And then it just gets right back to, hey, let's do some really weird soundtrack moment and go back to Vilmer, right? Or let's have the hillbilly do some, uh, you know, Machiavellian quotes. It's like, all right. But I think the thing, the leather face in this one, again, I think that the most embarrassing choice that this made. Probably one of my least favorite choices in the franchise, right? Again, I like the idea of Leatherface changing outfits to fit certain moods, right? Like, if he's going to a dinner party, I like the idea of him dressing as this older, classy lady, right? Like, this victim that he had had in the past that was going to, you know, pop up now. I think that's really good. The fact that it's only played for a joke, I fucking hate. Right? Like, at the end, when he's running away and essentially, like, he looks like Betty Page. And we're only doing it for a laugh, right? Yeah. That, I think, Well, is, they're doing this, like, weird sound of music thing where humor. he's just, like, yeah. he's just, like, waving the chainsaw around, like, doing the hills are alive with the sound well, that, of my chainsaw. Well, that's, like, a throwback to part one, right? Yeah. At the very last scene. It's just you're taking out all of the... All the, the, all the teeth, though, for it is gone. Like, right. I think that's I'm just saying thing. him wearing this like Betty Page outfit just because ah look at him he's dressed like a a pinup girl ah, like that's what are we doing here yeah 
Why are we so devaluing Leatherface? Because Leatherface in part three, that was a really soundly built portrayal of the character. Yeah, that was cool. That I really liked what they did. This one is just, again, if you're going to deal with the the kind of, and then the, the close-up on him putting the lipstick on, if we're going to deal with this sexual, you know, uh, complications of his his cannibalism and his wearing faces do it talk about it like a fucking grown-up yeah. person right like do it like I let's think talk about just, it i think that's what it is there's there's just no room in this movie for leatherface like leather and that's face, a huge problem the stuff that they give to let for leatherface to do is interesting and really fascinating and is never explored and i think that's like a critical error yeah there's they left no room for him they're yeah. like well we need teenagers we need tits we need vilmer we need X Files, and and I mean the right, other thing too you'll is get, you'll get you your ten minutes Vilmer. where you can. Like I, I think, mean, without Vilmer, this movie collapses because well, there's nothing. I'm left. saying swap in and out like Vilmer for Leatherface, right. that kind of thing. Like it, it's, yes, you should build around your franchise guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the Colts didn't say, "Well, we have fucking Peyton Manning. Let's go buy eight kickers." Right? Like, come on, what yeah. are we doing here? Sorry, hey, sports bros, sports bros. <laughs> Sports Bros Podcast, drinking a prime and talking about shit that helps us not hang out with our wives. <laughs> Maybe. True. Either, neither All here true. nor there. I am fucking really sad at what they did with Leatherface. By the time you get to the dinner scene, you're like, this is an absolute fucking disgrace to the franchise. The dinner scene is just Vilmer's chance to fucking kind of hit more ladies, not really help out with the story, not really explain why that. Right is the most affecting scene in the first one. Right. It's just, well, there's a lot of like, the point of the held, dinner scene, like Leatherface holding a girl while the, the fucking Machiavellian hillbilly tasers her and Vilmer just screams, Oh, I'm the Lord of the dance. And it's like, what is happening? Yeah. Why? Like the scene where she has the shotgun, right? Renee uh -huh. Zellweger is going to take a shot. You're like, all right. And I love McConaughey's like, Let's go. And he Let's grabs his gun. He's like, Aah! cool. Awesome. And I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then it's like, well, now I got to watch her get like fucking bullied for three minutes. Yeah. I think that's it's like the bad. problem is that scene is just so. I don't know. It's interesting for the, like the first time in the franchise. It's. And I think when I was a kid, I thought, oh, man, that is like gratuitous. I don't know if I could do that. It's the first time in the movie I actually was like, this is pretty gratuitous. Like, there's a lot of, like, women beating right. and a lot of, like, stuff that really doesn't need to be in this. And I don't understand well, why we're watching it. Okay, there's a great movie I love called Hounds of Love, right? Yeah. It's kind of an, I think it's Australian, right? Brody will know. Brody will be listening to these. He, I think Brody actually said this was one of his favorite ones. So, it's a, it's actually, so to be clear, I know that this but. is, like, a beloved entry in the, like, for many people. Yeah. This is very, this is Joe Bob. Adjacent, Joe Bob but. loved this. He loves all of these. But, yes, true. there is – well, that's not true either. But Hounds of Love, right? It's a movie about this Australian couple that abducts women, right, has their way with them, you know, plays with them, and then kills them. And I remember it was one of the first movies that me and my buddy Sam went and saw, and it was just like, God, that was so fucking mean and cruel. And it was like, what was the point of that? And I was like, I think the cruelty is serving an artistic point in that movie. I think what I would say is that in this movie, it's not serving any fucking point, right? So Vilmer jumping on the nose and to spite her and show how insane he is, he bites her friend's nose. Right. That, to me, is serving an artistic point in a cannibal movie, right? Which I don't even think you would say this is a cannibal movie anymore, right? Because they're ordering fucking pizza, yeah, they only got which pizzas. was the joke in part three. I don't like pizza. 
right? Vigo Mortensen says, we don't like pizza. And this one, they love pizza. Um, So there is some, like, inherent, they're taking shots backwards. Him biting the nose, right? Getting the, the Chad putting the girl in the freezer. These are things that are adding to the, the fucking killer's mythos, right? Right. Them just cattle prodding her while Vilmer yells shit and then fucking smacks corndog tits around. Yeah. You're like, this is doing nothing. nothing. This isn't showing us more depravity. It's not helping us understand them on a psychosis level. It's just, it's, it's such fucking lazy storytelling. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that to repulse us in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie unless you have not done the fucking work. Right. Well. And they haven't they haven't done the work. Well, and I think that leads to what I would consider the biggest swing in this movie. Like, bar none. Yeah. The, like, the left turn it takes is... Oh, yeah, burning the friend at the dinner table. Burning the friend. Like, That's an act of depravity I'll accept in this movie. Sure. But, like, and, you know, and the, I, the, I liked that, uh, the uh, corn dog tits, like, at the very end, she's like, oh. or right after it, she's like, I hate that. Now I can't get the smell out of my clothes. And I'm like, okay, that's, like, some shit, uh, you know, that's some Texas Chainsaw shit. Great, here Done we go. It. Yeah. The brother gets killed with the hammer. Um. There's all these weird fucking moments, and you're like, at least some of it makes sense. And then the left field, like, the remote of, control battle for Vilmer's leg, yeah, like, which is like kind of hokey and stupid. And you're like, yeah, it's fun. I don't care. Like, this exists in camp. It's great. All right, if we're doing camp, go for we're it. Doing camp, and then, and then, then a limo shows up. <laughs> then it's like, let's do the worst David Lynch riff. Like someone was like, did you see Lost Highway? Me too. Let's fucking. <laughs> disgrace it let's disgrace lost highway. did you see lost highway did you also see a little bit of hellraiser the only two things oh, i jerk off movie. to are agent scully and lost highway let's go and it's like mm, this is coming out weird i i, I can't even like <laughs> basically some guy you kind of know you're in trouble in the movie when when they're doing the fucking gratuitous cattle prodding scene yeah and he's like the fbi is fucking listening all the time and i was like oh my god it's like a fucking 5g vaxxer right yeah like a, like a throwback 5g vaxxer and you're like oh no is this what we're doing I, tell me if you think this description is correct so basically some guy with a weird haircut shows up with his driver who is apparently who from the deep just like the guy from lost highway right um who's apparently from the deep state yeah. And is here to check on his project. He excoriates Vilmer for being Vilmer. Uh, he know. says this is disgraceful or awful, but doesn't. But doesn't do anything. Like, again, like why? Just, why? What do you mean? Like, did you think? Essentially, I don't know if you had more to lay out about was, what is true or not. Well, for me, it was like, was he upset that the house wasn't cleaned or was it because <laughs> like. I couldn't I couldn't surmise what the problem was because <laughs> did you not did you not write down the Swiffer and your itemized budget for the year? It's like oh, well, very we nice. Yeah. Very nice. I show you up so in the house busy looks doing like this. Panda Express quotes that you forgot to add Swiffer to your budget. And he's like, <laughs> and Vilmer's like, well, I had to buy an extra three remotes this year so my enemies could take control of my legs. Quiet. Silence. Silence. <laughs> Ew. You will listen you to me. My disinfecting wipes for those remotes, gross. Grab me the no. disinfecting wipes. I'm undu I'm unbuttoning my shirt. This is not a guy who's worried about cleanliness because the next thing we see is that he's got this huge tummy brand and these massive like yeah. nipple tummy these, rings, like like, like bowl tummy septums. rings. 
in a very I, I didn't understand what they were for it's a brand or yeah like are those to tug on do people like rest their dick and balls in those or yeah, like they weren't utilized they like, were there's just all kinds of cool sex stuff that guys like me and you have just not gotten to experience yeah, yet I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of Quidditch style game you play with dicks and puss okay uh, yeah. with the setup like that that's probably why you had the brands right oh, those are I like different levels Tetris levels of got it okay. yeah I bet you could put different things in and out of the rings just and it's peculiar. like a great time yeah, for just, rich people. And, and never explained by the way we have not At hit no the point, point in our lives where we have enough wealth that just normal P's and V's are not enough for us. Yeah. Right. I'm still, we're not I'm, inventing Quidditch yeah. for the genitals. Um, I'm still pretty, these guys I'm, are. I'm still pretty lo-fi. The coolest thing I do is the yeah. internet. That's like as best as, a, you know, nice. And any lady who's lucky enough, bro, sports guy, sports guy, sports touchdowns gives me heart. I watch football all day long. And with my football, I roll up on my wife when I'm too drunk. And she went totally know the linebacker's name that you're talking about. Like this movie, we should go back to the drawing board and workshop more. Um, but no, this is the thing. They claim in this movie that the Sawyers are not the Sawyers, but the collective of artists formerly known as the Sawyers. Yeah, so... Killed JFK. Yeah. These They're guys responsible the for the JFK. So these people that we see not even able to kill teenagers with cybernetic legs and somehow, chainsaw. Somehow. Somehow are, they are of the magic bullet. Yeah, and somehow KFK they're the go. magic bullet and didn't get caught on the Zapruder film. So I it's yeah, okay, that's the other thing. I was like, maybe the Zapruder film just didn't have audio because for sure you would have heard this <laughs> Leatherface <laughs> cries in the back. Like It would be a dead giveaway. Like, oh, my God, stay away from that guy. Yeah, my God. He looks like Betty White today. Abraham, like this is the fifties Texas. The We're first, the first cut of the Abraham's Zapruder film is him. <laughs> <laughs> him looking that direction, and you can hear me. Go, Jesus Christ, stay away from him! Ew, is that a sexually fluid gigantor? Ew, <laughs> this is Texas, boy. This is Texas. So none I, of them even see the cry. I'm gonna point my camera back towards the street. They oh dress Leatherface like he's ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, and then every Texan turns away, so there's no witness. Ew! Is that what it Not is? following sexual norms. Ew! Leatherface is a distraction from the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. <laughs> they just see non-heteronormative people, and they're like, "Gross!" Like, who cares that the president's here? We got to stop. And Jesus be mad. Christ! Um, the the deep state thing is so it's so fucking useless. That's what I would say. I love the idea of this, right? That the American government. Through this, like, we learn from the Dust Bowl, we learn from the Great Depression, right? That we are going to weaponize. This is a classic tactic of government. This is happening right now every day in our country where the people in power, right? We have actual billionaires, right? And I was talking to my buddy about this. I was like, imagine how much money a fucking billion is. And I was like, you tell me right now, every single thing you've ever wanted in your life, how much do you think that costs, right? Right. And I was like, all right, so I'd want an exact replica of Tim Burton's Batman mansion with the Batcave is my home, right? With like a world's strongest man gym, every board game ever, whatever. It's like, that sets me back $50 million, $100 million, right? And I have literally every toy, every everything I want, right? So then the rest of my life, I want to not work, take a couple vacations, go to conventions, like do cool shit, right? That's it. Right. I was like, all right, that's not even a fucking scratch, on my $3 billion empire, 
So I was like, the fact that these people exist, they have like $50 billion and they keep it. They don't just like buy Wyoming to turn it into a fucking place where we can rebuild society so there are no homeless people. Like they're they're bad people. Yeah. They're they're scumbags. Not, Not great. Right? And what the, the the people in power and the wealthy always do is say, no, not us. It's not us for working you for less and not giving you benefits and keeping all the money so we can do no good or be Batman. Like, they're not even being Batman. They're fucking losers, every one of them. They just want to be billionaires, and they're all fucking losers. Like, how much does pussy cost? Not billions of dollars. Neither here nor there. How much so they're bad gold, people. How much do those well, gold tummy rings cost? Not a billion. five bucks at every flea market. Come on. Five, bulls to, have them. You go to Claire's. If bulls wear them recreationally, they're not expensive. You go to Claire's, you're thing. all set. Yeah, you, go, you go to Claire's at the mall, it doesn't take you a billion, brother. <laughs> We've all gotten hand jobs for the cost of a Claire's receipt, dude. That's nothing. <laughs> you go get some Sabaro grease on your hands, and you are like, this Hello. is the best one ever. Neither here nor I'm there. I'm here for my tummy rings. Yeah. Over here, sir. The point sir. is, yeah, we have a whole tummy ring uh, section. The point is... Is that what the rich and powerful always do is say, it's not us. It's the poorest people in society who are taking your money. Right. And you're like, yeah, but if you add up everyone who's making like 11 grand a year on welfare, that's not even like a day of Zuckerberging. Right. That's so, like, actually like an to, hour of Zuckerberging. Yeah. Here, here's a test for you, right? If you think the people below you economically are more your enemy than the people on top, you're an idiot. You're a dumb, dumb person and no one should fucking listen to your opinion or have a conversation with you. This movie is kind of trying to give art to that, right? That the people are like, we will weaponize and we will fucking, you know, all right, we're going to let Leatherface loose. So you're like, this is what the rampant poor do is kill you. Right. And this is what we're going to make you afraid of the stereotypical broke Texan in the middle of nowhere. Right. Awesome. And they do nothing with it, right? A plane hits Leatherface. These poor two old people die when their RV rolls and they have a heart attack because uh, Renee Zellweger gets in their bus. Vilmer gets hit by a low-flying north-by-northwest scenario. Fucking hilarious. And Leatherface screams in the night as they drive her to a hospital while the guy just reads the paper and has some kind of... I don't know what the line's supposed to be esoteric, but it's like, maybe that's why we try because we're disappointed. Like he's Lauren Michaels talking to Norm MacDonald. <laughs> and then she's like, fuck you. And it's in a hospital. I was like, that was just a tremendous waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I think for me. Like tremendously a wasted. If you're going to add the cult of the thorn. Yeah. Do something with do it. it. Halloween on. five does it way better than this. Let's not fucking be coy. Agreed. I, That's I, insane. I think the lean in just isn't hard enough. That's the problem. Like. Exactly. There's some weird thing where they're it's, like, oh, it's like all three, these three movies and none of them come together. Right? All these it's deep the, state the families. Yeah. Vilmer and then teenagers for no reason. I wouldn't even say it's a Leatherface movie at all. So it's like, what are these three movies? How are they tied together? Why does any of that matter? The government shit should be starting from the first frame. It should of the be movie. the first thing. Also, this why should are be high the conspiracy theory? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Movie. I just think that the. the there's just a lot of swings, but it, the problem is it just starts. It starts wrong, right? And it just sort of goes from there. And like you, you could know, cut out the whole start of this movie, and it wouldn't matter at all. There's entertaining bits, but it also is right. just. It's also. So it's like what eighty eight minutes long, and the movie sure. really doesn't start happening until like forty minutes in, and I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, this movie's almost it's, over." It's a huge problem with your screenplay. If you can pull out any character in the movie. 
and the movie can functionally keep limping to the finish line. I would actually say that you could like, pull maybe out maybe you pull need out Renee, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. I don't think you do actually. Yeah, I was like, I guess you don't because she <laughs> really be corn dog tits. Or maybe you just have them being insane to anyone, and the government guy still shows. Like, not one person in this movie, short of maybe Vilmer, because he's doing all the work. Maybe. Maybe the, like, fucking leftover husk of Leatherface that they used to put on the poster. But I don't even know if he's on the poster. No, right? no. It's just so fucking there's, like, three different posters for this, but the one on Wikipedia is, like, Betty Page with Leatherface's uh, face on. Right. I like that one where she's like on, he's like on the bomb like Betty Page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's just a, a shambles. This this movie is a fucking shambles. It's fucking weird. That's all. The thing is, this is the case I'll make after we shit on it. And everyone who likes is probably mad at us and turned it off. I don't. I think it's hard for people to make a straight face argument that this is one of the better Texas Chainsaws. I but what so. I will say after today, we're getting into reboot territory, right? So yeah. reboot new beginnings, 3D Leatherface again. Netflix, right? So we got like these newer ones. The thing I will say about this is the McConaughey and Zellweger edition, the weird conspiracy stuff, even though it never lands. Um, but watching those two act in it, it gives it an oddity and an energy that is somewhat lacking in some of the reboot, right? Like you could make a case to me that New Beginnings, while maybe a well more well-produced movie, is kind of a really boring interpretation of Texas Chainsaw. And that the fucking manic energy of this, while it's never guided in the right place, at least makes it a little more worth it on a level of at least the muse showed up for a day to send them in a weird direction. I don't know, man. It's this one to me, this, if this isn't the worst Texas chainsaw, it's because some of the ones that came later are just so uninspired and uninteresting. I think for me, I appreciate I appreciate movies that are like long in the tooth like this because you know at number four you're always going to be in a situation where you're like how are we going to keep this going? I think that you know and same thing like TV has the same problem. They, like, they did take a daddy hack. Yeah, sports guy. You know, TV has the same Swing problem. Like, season four, season fours of television are yeah. generally pretty rough because you're just you're you're right. out of steam. You're out of gas. Yeah. The fourth installment of a movie franchise is hard because you're like, how am I going to, other than just like giving everyone, other than playing the hits, how are we going to get everyone right. in the theater? And we're talking about how the swings didn't work. Right. But I, I do applaud them for taking them. the fucking swing. Taking those swings is really hard. And I think yeah. it takes guts admirable. and it lets you imagine a world where those swings hit and the movie that could have been. And to me, that's a big deal. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And that is why, like, I would say the yes. movie isn't bad. It's just. No, it's fucking bad. Like, this is a fucking bad film. But I don't want to say it's bad. I just want to say that it just I, took some swings. I know we work. love October and we love horror movies. And but this is the exercise of the franchise coverage is when you if we talked about all of these in one episode, this would be the one that would get like a one line joke and we would never talk about right. it again. I agree. This this is an objectively bad film. It's a peculiarly even, made. Even in objectively bad films, there can be moments that are good. There are things that you can pull out. There's and always think things about. you're gonna like about this movies. The there, there is no fucking perfect, flawless film except for maybe Jaws, right? And it's like most movies are a mix of good and bad. This one is way more bad than good, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't there's mean nothing in it. I think it doesn't mean it's unwatchable. That's that's actually what it is. Just because it's a bad movie doesn't mean it's unwatchable. 
Yeah, tons of bad movies are really watchable, exactly Absolutely. like this one. So, yeah, so yeah I mean, this is this is damn near the bottom of the Texas Chainsaw Barrel. There are two others I have in mind that I think might be a little worse, simply because of how uninspired they are. But yeah, I'm pretty we're sure not to the regular, but we're not there yet. yet. So tomorrow, guys, we're rebooting. We've had enough of these Tiny Toons adventures. It's time to reboot. We are bringing back the full. Uh, you know, Attitude Era, that's got to be Kane, gigantic fucking beef, yeah. right? Like, Texas, like, Leatherface looks like the exact kind of guy you'd want to eat if you were a cannibal, because he got beef. Yeah, uh, beef. It looks nice. Yeah, we got Jessica Alba and the remnants of a fucking white tank top. Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale. One of the all-time <laughs> iconic uh, reboot ladies. We're going hardcore, right? This is getting the, like, real rough-and-tumble 2000s redux. Uh, so we're rebooting tomorrow. Guys, you know the deal. Every day this month, 31 days, 31 pods. Every day this month, a new horror movie. So we're finishing up all of Texas Chainsaw. We got all of Phantasm. We're finishing up five uh, Scream 5 and 6. Then we hit the amazing guest and Patreon portion. So if you want every episode, why do 28 and not 31? Go to patreon.com slash pod to see what our patrons selected for the exclusives over there. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Leave five-star ratings and reviews everywhere you find the show. Find us on socials. More than anything, guys, invite someone to our merry little parade. Speaking of parades, you can also check out short horror films that I make. Uh, Misfitparade.net. Misfit Parade everywhere you find stuff. Uh, that's all in the details. So guys, thank you for doing this with us. Uh, we are at the beginning of a long and amazing journey, and we wouldn't do it without you. So thank you for the film, Alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. 